0: John Bose, chairman of wham which you may remember, he is the, um, the parent company of Frisbee, sent thousands of Frisbees to an orphanage in Africa. Several months later, a representative of the company went down to Angola and spoke with the nun of the orphanage, and she was so grateful And she talked about how the children used these colorful plates to eat off of. And to get water. And to catch fish. The representative explained the purpose of the Frisbee. And she was delighted that the children could also use their plates as toys. Interestingly information can change everything it can change your perspective it can change your outlook it can change your your heart it can change your mind we look again at luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 that reminds us again of what happened in that time luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 if you recall the the shepherds are out in the fields at night an angel of the Lord appears, the glory of God is around the shepherds, and then the angel speaks. Verse 8, in this same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day, the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. There is good news of great joy for all the people. When I read that again and again, I've heard it most of my life, but when I read it, There is good news of great joy for all the people. That becomes liberating because it's not about who I am or where I grew up or who my parents were. It's not about any of that. The news is for all people. Regardless of your status in life, your reputation, regardless of what you've done, the good news is for all people. The angel of God was delivering new information. And this new information would change everything. Literally changing the world. The last words the Jewish people heard from God through the prophet Malachi. Listen to these words. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble, the day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the Son of righteousness shall, so, shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Malachi 4, 1 and 2. So they continued praying multiple times throughout the day. They listened to Scripture being taught. They memorized Scripture. They repeated Scripture. They taught Scripture to their children. They carried out their responsibilities. They religiously went to the temple. But despite their efforts, they did not sense God's presence. Even with all of this, they did not see God at work among them or hear Him speak through Scripture. See, God was silent for 400 years. What would you be thinking if you were the Jewish people? And the last words of God to you was, there's going to be arrogant people who are going to get burned up. And then there are those who will be covered in righteousness who who will be leaping with joy. And you're standing there 400 years later and you have not heard from God. You have not seen God what would you be thinking? Are we the arrogant? Are we the evildoers that he was talking about? I don't see us experiencing the the healing righteousness of God. I, I don't sense the joy of freedom. Are we doomed for eternity? Do you understand the darkness that the Jewish people would have been in at this time? So the shepherds... In the darkness of night, and the Jewish people in spiritual darkness, a lot of similarity there because both of them pierced by the light of God that night. One physically, where the light literally came upon them, the glory of God, but the news was the light for the darkness as well. Good news of great joy the shepherds overwhelmed by the light of God's glory heard the angel announce good news that news was not just for that moment it wasn't just for the shepherds in the field that was for all people the grammar indicates that it was good news that would continue without end for everyone And that changes everything. It means there would be hope, that there would be peace, and there would be joy in the darkness. So whatever the angel says next is for all people. I would say as we look at that this morning, we read this as an event that happened so long ago and the news that happened so long ago. But that news is for me also. I want you to repeat after me. This news is for me. Can you say that? This news is for me. This is very personal for you and me. In the darkness of this world that we find ourselves in, there is news. This news is so good that the angel said it will be the cause of great joy in you. I looked up. You know, the wonderful thing about Google is you just type in something and you get thousands and thousands and thousands of responses. So I just looked up good news. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of news reported in a lot of places. Shockingly, very little is good news being reported. So again, in the darkness of our day, there's good news for all people. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Are you ready to hear good news this morning? Does anyone want to hear good news this morning? I am so tired of just hearing bad news. This should be an encouragement to you and I today. The angel said, this is the news that will be the cause of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is the righteous rescuer. He is the divine deliverer. He's the supernatural Savior. And he has come to you. He has come for you. Who is he? tells us right there in that that one verse the angel of the Lord said he is Christ the Lord and that's so easy to say Christ the Lord it's a title that we might say it's in the song Christ the Lord but what does that mean Christ means he is the promised Messiah he is the one that we've heard of it's one that we've that we've read of all through the Old Testament, this is the promised one, the anointed one of God. He is the Messiah. But then he says, Christ the Lord. The Lord means he is God as well. We can't have a very good person coming to redeem us. We can't have someone who sins less than us to be our savior it requires a divine being an eternal being and we're we're told here by the angel that this is christ the lord he's the promised messiah but he's god also and in this day and time we need to pause right here because we're living in a world that is create your own theology do what feels best to you whatever makes sense to you follow that and that's wrong I know of a a different group of people who uses the same terminology as us, that they say, oh, Jesus died on the cross for me. Well, that sounds just like what I believe. But hear me today. If who you call as Jesus, as your Lord and Savior, if He is not God, you are not saved. They're saying he's a created being, that he's the brother of Satan. That's not the same Jesus of the Bible. And if that's who you're relying on for salvation, you do not have it. Your Savior must be God and God alone. As we look at our salvation, if your your salvation is not through the work of Jesus Christ, God himself alone, You're not saved. It's not Jesus helping you out. It's not Jesus cleaning you up. It's not Jesus helping you over just that little hump so you can get on the rest of the way. That's not the way it is. It's all Jesus. We can't help him get to heaven. He does not help us get to heaven. He is the way. There's one Savior And there's one way. He is Christ the Lord, who was supernaturally born in Bethlehem to become our sacrifice for our sins. That's good news of great joy. Joy arrived in the fulfillment of God's 700-year-old prophecies. The promise of a Savior. How do we experience the joy? That's the focus really of the message today. Because we've all heard that he came. We've all heard that salvation is in him, that he is the Messiah, he is the deliverer. We know the story, but how does that translate into our lives today? How do we experience the joy of the Lord? And for that, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight. The first thing I consider when I look at this passage is, is who makes up this great cloud of witnesses? If you look at the chapter previous, it's the Hall of Fame for the faithful. And it's not uh, all-encompassing, but it does highlight some key figures from the Old Testament who, by faith, endured the, the struggles of life. But it doesn't end there because we still have faithful followers of Christ who have come and gone, who have gone on to be in glory. And we have seen them endure the difficulties of this world by the hand of God. I used to imagine as I read this passage that there was a great cloud of witnesses as we were running a race And they were cheering us on. You can do it. Come on. You can do it. But that's not the way it's written. I think a better interpretation of this passage is that they keep bearing witness to the faithfulness of God for you to endure. That's what the great cloud of witnesses are doing. Not that they're saying, hey, y'all, you can do it. No, because you can't. What they're saying is God is faithful. He carried us through. He can carry you through too. And so we listen to that, that we are surrounded by all the believers that have gone on before us. That cloud of witnesses, they continue to bear witness to the faithfulness of God. And in this passage, that motivates us to get rid of every hindrance and sin that obstructs our progress in our walk with Christ. Therefore, every excuse and every entanglement must be put away so that you and I can continue enduring the struggles, the storms, and the challenges that we will certainly incur here on this land. Why? Because there's something greater. There's something greater awaiting you. And it's a matter of perspective. We can focus on the present or we can focus on eternity. Amid your darkness, amid your difficulties, fix your attention on Jesus. You might be saying in your head right now, but but Steve, you don't know what I'm going through right now. And I would say, I really don't. But I do know this. We're all going through through something different degrees but we're all going through something we will either choose to focus our attention on our difficulty or our deliverer and that's not easy to do it's really easy to close up and let the tree that's before you or the mountain before you to be the focus of your attention but our attention needs to be directed at the deliverer, the one who's already conquered the world, the one who is our strength. That's where we focus our attention. Why would we look to Jesus? And I would say simply this, because the answer is always Jesus. I think counseling is really easy to counsel with someone who's going through difficulties Because that is the answer. They don't want to hear it that way, but that's the answer. I'm going through a very difficult time. Well, the answer is Jesus. He he really is. Well, I don't know what to do in this grief. Well, the answer is Jesus. I don't know what to do with my financial bankruptcy. Well, the answer is Jesus. Always Jesus. Our ability to trust God's faithfulness, that's... That's being faithful. That's to, to have uh, our, our trust fully placed in him. But our ability was initiated by Jesus, and it's finished by Jesus. We, we rely on him just to have faith in God. He is our strength and our struggle. He's the anchor in our storm. He is the light in the darkness. He's the clarity in our confusion. What has Jesus done that would warrant our attention to be directed to him why would we look to him in that difficulty it's one thing to say it it's another thing to read it but it's a whole different story when you actually do it i would say simply by nature of this verse the reason why we can look to jesus is because he endured the cross he despised the shame he is seated at the right hand of the father Jesus suffered physically as he was beaten and as he was crucified. He suffered emotionally, forsaken by his father, betrayed by Judas, and then abandoned by his friends. Jesus persevered despite the difficulties associated with the cross. Jesus was separated from God as he became our sin. Jesus disregarded the shame of the cross, allowing himself to be despised by his own creation. The sinless lamb of God became your sin and mine to appease God's wrath and offer us peace with him. It's good to personalize scripture. When we read that Jesus died for all sins, that's not very personal. But when I find guilt in myself, that makes this very special. See, he died for my sin. Don't you say that with me. He died for my sin. The good news that brings great joy is that in spite of us being the enemy of God, in spite of us sinning against God, he became the sacrifice for our sins that we directed against him. The very punishment that God established was the only, uh, the only way that could be fulfilled is if he himself did that. And that's why He became flesh and dwelt among us. That's why Jesus must be divine. That's why Jesus is God. Because there is no other way. No one else could make the payment but Him. Perfect Lamb of God. I know we'll be looking at this in the next few months and on Jesus' journey to the cross and all that He had to endure. But interestingly, he didn't focus on the cross. He didn't focus on the suffering. He didn't focus on the shame that he would endure, having come down out of glory to take his robe off, to take his crown off, to step off the throne, to come down here and be despised by by those he created. Jesus set his heart on the joy of, Before him, so that he could endure the present suffering. That is a lesson for you and me today. Steve, it's just too much. I can't bear the weight of what's going on in my life. You're not supposed to. Like Jesus, set your heart on the joy before you in spite of your present suffering. What was the joy before him? The joy of obedience. There is joy in obedience. So often we look at obedience as a restriction. God's just trying to tell me what to do. He's trying to control my life. Well, if you've surrendered your life to him, you've surrendered control of your life. But also know that he is looking out for what is best from his perspective. Therefore, we follow him. The joy of obedience would lead to victory over death. That's the joy set before him. He would be seated again at the right hand of the Father. He would provide the way of salvation for all of humankind. There was no other way for us to be saved. Jude 24 says, Jesus, was, Jesus will present you blameless before the presence of glory with great joy. Jesus anticipated the day when he would present his followers to his father that allowed him to endure the cross that allowed him to endure the suffering it, in, it allowed him to to endure the shame that he encountered because he looked ahead I tell you June, June 24 I haven't really thought that through I know that to be absent from this body is to be present with God if I'm a follower of Jesus. And I have that hope. But what does it look like when Jesus presents you to the Father? Have you imagined that? Walking into the throne room of God, Jesus walking before you and introduces you. Father, may I introduce to you Tom he's my child I paid for him he's with us for eternity isn't that amazing may I, may I present to you Kim she's my daughter I've paid for her sins she's gonna be with us for eternity what what is that gonna look like is the cloud of witnesses around at that time or are they cheering you on as you come in I know that the glory will all go to God. I know that we will worship him endlessly. But what does it look like when he presents us to God? The faithfulness of God the Father and the joy of pleasing him in obedience allowed God the Son to continue the greatest suffering ever known. Therefore, we must get rid of the things that weaken us and entangle us so that we may keep enduring to the glory of God we don't focus our attention on despair on disease or death but we set our eyes on Jesus and follow him God fulfilled his promise through Jesus in Bethlehem so you can have hope you can have peace and you can have joy in the darkness of this world now for the hard questions this is where we look inside being honest before god not for you to answer out loud but but what is hindering you today from enduring hardship what sin is keeping you from being strengthened in the lord I know we had a a time just a month or so ago where where we emptied ourselves of ourselves. We confessed our sin by name, agreeing with God to empty ourselves of that, to repent of that so that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit, to give him control. It's not sufficient to do that once every couple of months. This, this is a daily activity as we sin, we confess it before God we agree with the sin, name it before God and turn from it so that you might be strengthened in him don't let it be a hindrance in your life. Proverbs 10:28 says the hope of the righteous brings joy Good news that brings great joy the hope of the righteousness brings or the hope of the righteous brings joy that means you can know the joy of salvation today if you're lacking that kind of joy if you're lacking if you don't have the 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 certainty of the righteousness of christ in your life you can experience joy today by surrendering your life to him nehemiah eight ten says do not be grieved for the joy of the lord is your strength you can be strengthened in joy today if you'll turn to him if you'll yield up what is burdening you if you yield up what is entangling you put it aside so that you can enjoy this this joy of the lord who becomes your strength to allow you to endure what's ahead psalm 43 4 then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you, O God, my God. If nothing else, you praise him in your joy. What a gift we have been given. I had initially thought as I meditated on scripture, that that Jesus is not joy. He's the cause for joy. And then I looked at the, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit and I'm reminded very quickly, oh, He is joy. And as the Spirit of God lives in us and we allow Him control and we allow Him to influence us, our character will reflect who God is. Joy is part of that. That means we have joy accessible to us today. No matter what is happening in your life or around your life, you can have joy. And that's going to be our response this morning. is to simply surrender our lives to Jesus Christ so that we may have his joy. To get rid of the entanglements of sin so that we can experience the joy or to praise him in our joy. He is worthy of our worship, worthy of our praise. The angel said, I've got good news of great joy that's for all the people. For unto you is born this day in Bethlehem a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Praise God for his faithfulness, that he is the deliverer, for you and me.